Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I am Lauren Carpenter. You can find me at Stepmom Lauren. And y'all, it is week 17 waiver wire show. And it's the last waiver wire show. That's right. This is the last time you will hear me bossing you around, trying to tell you who to pick up, to play on the waiver wire, to stream, whatever it is that you need, because we are heading into the championship week 17. It is absolutely insane. Now, before I head into a few pickups that you might want to look at heading into your finals, First and foremost, as always, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Don't forget to use the promo code MMN because you get your deposit of up to $100 matched. It is so easy to play. It's over-unders. It's not just football. It is tons of sports. It is easy. It is fun. Head on over there. There is also a link in the description of this video. And We are getting just this close. We are literally this close to crowning our winner from the 7-Eleven Challenge. Now, this will be the last time that I update you on the leaderboard for the 7-Eleven Challenge from prizepicks.com because the winner will be announced after week 18 by Pat Mayo. You know, I mean, I've been taking care of this the whole time, so why does he get all the joy of being able to tell you who won? But alas, that is how it goes, you know, and uh, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all. I'm just kidding. I Just a big early congratulations to whoever won. Also a big early congratulations to everyone who participated. Thank you so much for being a part of this wonderful family that we have here at the 7-Eleven Challenge as well at Mayo Media Net because this is just exclusively ours, which is very, very fun. So let me go ahead and update y'all. Um, we It's, uh, yeah. So this is updated as of uh, Christmas Eve. Alan W., you have competition, my friend, because Nicholas R., you are both tied at 50 for the 7-Eleven Challenge at first place. That's right. Alan W. and Nicholas R., you guys are tied at first at 50 apiece. And then after that, we have Joseph W., you are standalone in second. And we have a, hold on, one, two, three, four-way tie at third between Kevin T., Marcus F., John H., and Luke K. So we have a tight race to the finish as we round out the NFL season. This is so hard to believe that literally this much time has passed. Like I feel like I just started talking to y'all about waivers like a week ago, but it hasn't. It's been a really long time. And as I'm doing this, I'm scrolling all the way down to the bottom to try to give you the list of people who are at zero. And it's taking a while. Right now I'm at over 600 entries. I'm going, I'm going, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, my friends. I apologize. Here we go. And in last place, we also have a a pretty significant tie here at last place. We have Ty S, Nicholas T, Dale P, John B, Jasmine C, Francis K, and Alexa D. You all are tied for last place. Now, don't forget, we also have someone who gets a prize for coming in middle. Now, we're not exactly sure who that is, um, mostly because I don't do math. So I'm not going to even try to figure out who is in the middle. But because we have entrants that fall off and then enter, it's very difficult to find out who is right there in the middle anyway. But Pat Mayo will let you know who you are at the end of week 18. Okay, so now that we have that all taken care of, it's time to jump into week 17. Some waiver wire options, some streaming options here, and let's face it, 
we are likely already have all the players that we need in order to play for the championship. So there's really not too much that I can really add for y'all that is going to make some kind of a huge difference. But I do have some players that I like that are available on the waiver wire if you are in a desperate situation. So I totally get it. But before I get into that, let me just touch on a few injuries that we had over the weekend, including Saturday. So make sure you follow along because there are new COVID tests, positive tests, I should say, that are coming out every single day. So it is imperative that you keep a very close eye on your team, not just once a day, I'm talking about several times a day. So we have more positive tests. There's a big one coming out of Carolina, which I'm not really sure if we're starting anyone from Carolina because that's a whole hot mess. But you get my point. It is really important that you keep on top of that because you don't want to be a situation in your championship final because you didn't look at it for six hours and now suddenly it's kickoff and then OMG, that guy tested positive for COVID like right before the game. It is very, very frustrating. Also make sure that you have pivot options for as many possible possible destinations on your squad as you possibly can. Also, don't forget, um, any games that are not played on Sunday, make sure you move those players out of your flex spot so that you have a little bit more flexibility when it comes to who you can plug in in case of injury or in case of COVID-19. So let's go ahead and touch on the players that I know for sure have some serious issues moving forward. And as always, Pat Mayo will update you on Friday as to the final Um, injury update, if you will. This is very early, but these are still ones that you need to keep an eye on. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he had a monster game, but he did leave early with a collarbone issue. Now, the initial x-rays were negative, so that's good, but we really don't know much after that. So keep your eye on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Miles Sanders, it was confirmed today that he is out week 17 because he has a broken hand. So I will um, address the Eagles running back situation as much as I despise talking about the Eagles and Nick Sirianni. Not the Eagles, because I love the Eagles, but mostly Nick Sirianni and the running back situation, which always gives me a headache, because I can't ever tell you with any kind of, you know, strength or any kind of positivity or any kind of gusto who I like when it comes to the running backs for the Eagles, but we'll get into that later. Daryl Henderson, he is suffering from a knee sprain, goes Sony Michelle. And then James Robinson, this broke my heart because I started James Robinson. In fact, in one league, I had most of my players just do absolutely terrible, so I'm out, and that really upset me. Very much so, but we're not going to dwell on the upsetting part, but James Robinson has an Achilles injury. As of this taping right now, I'm not sure the extent of it, but likely this is not going to be a good situation, so make sure you have a pivot option when it comes to who you're going to start at your running back position instead of James Robinson. Jamison Crowder, he has a calf injury, and I'm going to hit on the another wide receiver here that's pretty important, Adam Thielen. Wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Looked like he aggravated that ankle injury again. So that is something to keep an eye on. I will touch on K.J. Osborne as someone who should be picked up. In fact, he should be the number one pickup when it comes to Week 17 because K.J. Osborne has done very well with Adam Thielen on the field, but especially without Adam Thielen on the field. So let's dive right in. Let's start first with our running backs. As I mentioned, let's go ahead and go with the Eagles. So we have Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. They are both right around 20% rostered across several different platforms here. Boston Scott had 12 carries for 41 yards and a touchdown, which was nice. And that touchdown did come when Jordan Howard was on the field after Miles Sanders exited. So we already know Sanders is out for Week 17. And then Jordan Howard had nine carries for 37 yards. He also had two receptions on four targets for 19 yards. Why is that important? Because 
Jordan Howard also got hurt. Now, I didn't add that in the injury uh, segment here because we're not really quite sure what's going on with Jordan Howard. He is listed as questionable. He left with a stinger, but technically it's listed as a neck injury. So this is all very nebulous. It is all very much up in the air. But either way, I still like picking up Boston Scott over Jordan Howard. I like what he is able to do, but I do like both. So if Boston Scott, for some reason, is not available, I think you can go ahead and pick up Jordan Howard. Just keep your eye on Jordan Howard's Status. That's one thing that does scare me. They play Washington. Uh, Washington does have a pretty stout defense against running backs, but it's Washington. They just got creamed by the Cowboys. We'll see what happens here. This is going to be a tough divisional matchup here for the Eagles. So, I mean, I don't hate it, but if out of those two, I do prefer starting Boston Scott. And then, because I mentioned James Robinson. Dare Ogunbowale for the Jaguars. He is like literally about 1% rostered, so he should be widely available. All right, he had 17 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. He also had two targets, I'm sorry, two receptions on four targets for 15 yards. Now, again, Robinson is likely going to be out in week 17 for our championship, so this is a pretty good pivot when it comes to someone who could possibly be available that isn't already rostered. However, they place New England. That is not good. It is a very, very difficult matchup, especially since New England just lost to the Bills. Bill Belichick is going to have a chip on his shoulder there. So I don't love the upside for Dare Agunbowale, but I do like the fact that he is probably going to be the main running back there. It's tough. It's the Jaguars. Not something to get super excited about, but here, this is where we're at. Week 17, championship finals. Grab him in case you need him. And then we have three wide receivers here. I say we, I have three wide receivers here for you. The first one, as I mentioned, is going to be K.J. Osborne. He is roughly 30 to 35% rostered. He has scored double-digit fantasy points in PPR scoring in three out of his last four outings. Okay, this is good especially since Thielen has aggravated that ankle injury that he has been dealing with. Um, he, he's just a player that can get it done, and he has really emerged. Kirk Cousins has been looking for him. I really like that kind of volume, especially with seven targets that he had, five receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. But they will face, face Green Bay. Now, while that's not awesome, it's also not terrible because the Vikings really want to win. So I don't mind this matchup. It's not ideal, but I think that K.J. Osborne can get it done, especially if Thielen misses time. Now, the other two wide receivers I think can be a huge help for Week 17. It's going to be a coin toss, and it is going to be between Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Alan Lazard. Now, I really wish that I could sit here and tell you that I know who the wide receiver two is behind Devontae Adams, but I just don't. And if anyone tells you that they do, they're either like witches or they can see the future because I don't know anything when it comes to who you should target behind Devontae Adams. It's just, it's very, very difficult. Both are around 30% rostered. They're facing off against the Vikings, as I just mentioned with KJ Osborne. So my initial gut reaction here is Marcus Valdez-Scantling is going to be your deep threat, kind of high upside, home run, swing, but that you could also miss on. Whereas Alan Lazard may see a little bit more volume. So I think it's really going to depend. This is one of those situations, I say this anyway, but I'll say it again, always go with your gut. I do like both of these wide receivers, but I think I might actually lean Marquez Valdez-Scantling as much as that hurts my soul because he has dropped big, important passes before, but he gets the targets on those big, important passes. So 
I don't know. I think I might go with MVS here, but go with your gut if you need a wide receiver replacement. And if KJ Osborne is unavailable, I would still take Osborne over both of those wide receivers. And then finally, tight ends. Gross. Per usual. Nothing new here. But let's go ahead and stick with the Vikings. Tyler Conklin, he's about 45% rostered again. No Adam Thielen against Green Bay. They can be exploited at the tight end position, but it's not it's not a great matchup. It, it's just kind of, it is what it is. But Kirk Cousins is going to need to find somebody in the end zone. And if it's not going to be KJ Osborne, it's probably going to be our boy Tyler Conklin. So again, he's around 45% rostered. And another name that I don't love, but if you are desperate, for example, if you just need a warm body to fill the spot, Cole Komet from the Bears. It's nothing that you want to write home about. It's not like you're sitting there being like, oh my God, I just pick up Cole Komet. I'm going to win. No, it's not. Like, it's just, he doesn't give you a goose egg, but he might get you close to one, but then he could give you double digits. But if you're desperate, you might have to go for it, and he is only 35% rostered. Hopefully, you have made plans and you have rostered a second tight end just in case of this exact situation. So it's, again, I don't love this. They are playing the Giants, so that does kind of lead me to think that there could be opportunity here for Cole Komet But again, I don't even know what's going on with their quarterback situation because it was Nick Foles for the Bears. So, I mean, whatever. This is a desperation play, but Cole Komet is someone I think you can pick up if you are absolutely 100% desperate. And this is when I go normally into streaming the quarterback position, but likely you already know who you're starting at your quarterback position, and the options are not good on the waiver wire, with the exception of Tua Tungavailoa. Now, he is playing tonight on Monday against the Saints, So he should have a pretty decent outing considering there are 21 players on the Saints who have tested positive for COVID, which means they're not playing. So hopefully Tua has a good game. But if you want a backup or if you're desperate for the quarterback position, grab Tua Tungavailoa. I can't believe that he is under 40% rostered in most of the platforms that I looked for. So he is not one that I despise. Other than that, it's not pretty. There's like Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Eh? But if you haven't made your plans already for quarterback, I am very sorry. So pick up Tua in case you need it. I mean, that's that's all I got for you on the quarterback side. I wish I had better news. I don't. That's sad. But I do have good news for you on the defense special teams front because there are quite a few of them. I'm going to give you my top three. Saints. 70% rostered. I know that's kind of high for me. I usually like to go 50 and under. But the Saints, they're playing Carolina. That's a whole hot mess of a situation there, so I do like the Saints defense. Uh, Seattle, all right? I know Seattle has had some issues, but if your waiver wire is thin at defense, they're playing Detroit. Now, I know Detroit has been playing well, and they have been putting points on the board, but they have also been bleeding points to defense special teams. So I don't mind Seattle, but my all-time favorite, my all-time, my this-week favorite pickup for your defense special team is going to be the Bears, who are shockingly 15% rostered, but they are playing against the Giants. Again, a serious quarterback situation between Jake Fromm, State Farm, and uh, Mike Glennon, the Giraffe. So I do like the Bears defense. I think when it comes to streaming them, your Bears are going to be the best bet if you don't have another option that is handy and available for you to plug in. I love the Bears. So go ahead and pick them up to score you some points in your finals week 17. And that's it for me. 
short and sweet little video here because again, we're approaching our final. So it's likely you already have everything kind of squared away. There's not really a ton of beautiful gems on the waiver wire, except for the ones that I did pick out. KJ Osborne should be your number one pickup. And I have to say, all of my guys and gals, all of my friends out there, thank you so much for letting me insult your eardrums every single week as I bring you my waivers and streamers. It has been an honor and it has been my pleasure to be here for you during this 2021 fantasy season, everybody. And good luck in week 17. I hope to hear from you on social media at Stepmom Lauren about how wonderful you did and how you won and how you made so much money. This is what I want to know. Please let me know. Everybody, it has been an absolute joy, and I hope to see you next year. Good luck in week 17. All right. Welcome back to another first look edition of the DFS slate here on the Mayo Media Network. I'm Peter Overzet. As always, your Sherpa, your guide through the DFS cosmos on a Monday morning. We are recording this around uh, 2 p.m. in the afternoon, rather, and I have done the unthinkable. I have looked ahead at the week 17 slate. I'm ready to share with you guys what I'm seeing. And I will say right now, I am very excited about this slate. I have not felt that way the past few weeks. We've had lots of the best games that were off the main slate. We've had lots of bye weeks previous to that, lots of injuries, but everything is finally culminating in an awesome slate here for us in week 17. There's only two games that are not uh, part of the main slate. We don't have any Thursday night games this week, so we are losing Vikings Packers and Brown Steelers, and I don't even care about Brown Steelers. Like, knock yourself out, guys. Uh, have a great time on Monday Night Football. We get 14 games, though, on this main slate, and it is juicy. We have legit potential shootout games. We have Chiefs Bengals, 49-point over-under. We have Cowboys Cardinals, 49-and-a-half-point over-under, and Rams Ravens, 47-point over under and then on top of that we also have four massive favorites so we have the bills as 14 and a half point favorites patriots 15 point favorites bucks 13 point favorites and 49ers 15 point favorites so there's tons of options for onslaughting teams tons of options for game stacks i think this is going to be a really really juicy gpp slate so let's hop into this right now i will go position by position and talk through everything I am seeing here for this week 17 main slate. So right at the top here for quarterback, you know, I'm immediately going and looking at some of the shootout matchups. So Mahomes here uh, at 7,800. And then of course, Joe Burrow at 6,900. Now this is going to be an interesting one because Joe Burrow's coming off uh, the best game of his career. I think he tied uh, or finished third all time for the the passing yardage record in a single game, 525 yards. And now he's at home against KC. So this is going to be an interesting spot. I'm guessing Joe Burrow, the box score watchers are going to be out and excited to play Joe Burrow at a very nice $6,900 price tag. But it's hard to argue uh, that at home in uh, a juicy you know, potential week 17 shootout matchup. We also have Dak Prescott here at 6,700 at home versus the Cardinals. This is going to be a nice dome game for us. I remember way back in uh, best ball draft season, uh, looking forward to this matchup, this Arizona-Dallas matchup, and now it's finally here. Dak had a monster game last night 
on Sunday night football against the Washington football team. Dallas puts up 56 points. Dak throws four TDs, 34.3 fantasy points. I think like Burrow, he's going to be incredibly popular here at 6,700. We also have Kyler Murray in that same matchup if you want to pay up for him at 7,300. You know, he uh, hasn't flashed the ceiling in the past three weeks, uh, but this is definitely a ceiling spot here on the road. You got to imagine that the Cardinals are going to get pushed to score points here uh, with the Cowboys offense uh, firing at all cylinders. So very excited for that game. Um, What else do we have here? There's also that Rams Baltimore game. So Lamar Jackson, I think it's safe to assume he's going to come back uh, this week. I, I know he's, you know, still dealing with the ankle injury. Maybe he doesn't, if he doesn't, I think whoever of Tyler Huntley or Josh Johnson, uh, both those guys, um, Huntley at 5,600, Josh Johnson at 5,000. Uh, both of those guys have been awesome in relief of Lamar Jackson. So basically whichever Ravens quarterback is starting, I think they're going to be relevant. And then, uh, Matthew Stafford, it's not as um, attractive of a spot outdoors in the winter, uh, here in Baltimore. That said, we just saw what Joe Burrow did to the secondary and they are incredibly vulnerable, uh, deep. And so you got to imagine cup Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, uh, should be able to get loose in that secondary Matt Stafford at 7,100 could pay it off. We also have those quarterbacks with the big implied team total. So you have Josh Allen, huge faves at home, Versus Buffalo, that's a, or versus the Falcons, that's a smash spot. We have Brady, uh, a big road favorite versus the Jets, that's a smash spot. We have uh, some quarterbacks that we're not as excited about, just from a passing perspective, but are in great spots and have great uh, implied team totals. That would be uh, Jimmy Garoppolo here versus the Texans. Uh, they're at home versus the Texans. I'm going to guess that most people are going to want to play this through the run game, uh, but Jimmy Garoppolo at 5,700 here, that doesn't look bad. And then, of course, uh, Mac Jones at home versus Jacksonville as well. Um, safe to assume the Patriots are going to want to establish it a good bit there on the ground, but uh, it's worth mentioning that as big favorites there, Mac Jones could definitely show some efficiency. Um, I don't see a lot else down there. Like I said, the um, the Ravens QB situation is going to be something to monitor, but uh, lots of nice options here for quarterback. I think there's going to be legit six, seven, eight quarterbacks who are all extremely viable with ceilings on this slate. Let's head over to running back though, where things aren't quite as juicy. We do of course have Jonathan Taylor, 9,000 up at the top end, you know, even in a down game, uh, versus the Cardinals on the road, you know, he still clears the century mark there. So his workload is still insane. And uh, the Raiders have been really bad this year. So this is an awesome spot for Taylor. We should get Eckler back. He did miss this week uh, on the COVID list, but he, I would imagine, is back. Alvin Kamara is playing tonight. So that'll probably go a long way in um, how we feel about him in this version of the Saints offense. We have Ian Book starting tonight. So that'll be interesting to see how uh Camara performs. Uh, Joe Mixon, um, he continues to get a ton of red zone touches. He never looks great to me when I'm watching him. Um, but uh, that said, this is going to be a, a nice game, and, and Joe Mixon might end up being good leverage off of the more popular pass game options. Uh, Cordell Patterson's kind of really slowed down. Um, he's just not getting the touches that we need for him uh, to be a safe start. Hasn't cleared you know 14 points since week uh, 12. So. That's a, that's a little bit tougher sell for me. Uh, David Montgomery has been getting a really nice workload here. Another 21 
uh, rush game for him in week 16. So he's going to project well. Um, lots of kind of interesting injury situations at running back that we're going to need to monitor. Um, Ronald Jones will definitely be in play against the Jets if Leonard Fournette misses another game. Uh, we have Darrell Henderson who left that game injured. And so Sony Michelle uh, is going to be extremely viable at 5,800, even if... Um, even if Henderson is back, I mean, Sony Michelle has taken over that backfield, but if you remove him completely, I mean, Sony Michelle is going to project very well at 5,800 there. Um, we also have stuff with Damian Harris, uh, and Ramondre Stevenson. You know, I, I imagine that Ramondre will be back off the COVID list. Um, and this is going to be a spot where multiple Patriots running backs could have big games. So Ramondre Stevenson at 5,300, certainly interested in that. I should also mention Michael Carter at 5,100. He actually got it done uh, on the ground yesterday where previously had been getting it done in the passing game. Um, but 16 attempts, 118 rush yards. But I also like, you know, the game I always remember was from week eight against Cincinnati where he had 14 targets. So in a game where they are most likely going to be losing to the Bucs, I think Michael Carter could catch a lot of balls. And then if he's also getting that rushing workload, um, this is a really nice price tag for Michael Carter at 5,100. I should also mention Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, I believe has a collarbone injury. So Darrell Williams here at 5,800, he is going to be a, a fairly popular and would be a very solid play if he's out. We also have Miles Sanders who is hurt as well. So a couple names to float around would be Jordan Howard at 5,200. He came in and had nine attempts. And then Boston Scott is also relevant at 4,900. He had the touchdown yesterday, 12 attempts. Uh, knowing the Eagles, this will be a committee almost regardless. But if you do take Miles Sanders out of the equation and thin things out between Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, I could definitely see one of them having a solid game here when you adjust for their price. So that's what I'm currently seeing at running back. Wide receiver is absolutely loaded this week. Um, this is, or sorry, wide receivers loaded this week. I absolutely love kind of the options here. They have priced Cooper Cup up to a, a very pricey 9,500. Uh, he's obviously still uh, going to project well, even at that price point. We get Debo Samuel back on the main slate. He has been uh, just an absolute monster. Had those 31 points on Thursday night football last week. We have Tyreek Hill coming off the dud, but uh, I kind of like this as a bounce back spot for him. Um on the road at Cincy. So I'll be interested in him. Stefan Diggs could have had an even bigger day yesterday. He did have 13 targets, uh, dropped a, a touchdown pass that uh, would have boosted his score a decent bit. Of course, we got to mention Jamar Chase and T Higgins. T Higgins coming off of just an eruption spot here, 46 points. They only move his salary up a little bit to 6,900. He's going to be incredibly popular. Maybe Jamar Chase becomes the leverage as the more expensive pay up to be contrarian play. A.J. Brown, similar to Debo Samuel coming off that monster Thursday night game, 34 and a half points. He looks like a nice play. So many options this week. We have the Dallas wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb at 7,100 there. Um, let's see what Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper are. Gallup, 4,800. That's, that's way too cheap for Michael Gallup. And uh, Amari Cooper at 6,600. So I love all the guys in that game. Christian Kirk at 5,800, I think, is going to be in play. Who else do we have here in the, uh, the mid-tier for wide receivers? I'll scroll down. 
a bit here. We do, of course, have the Seattle wide receivers. I haven't even mentioned Seattle yet. Um, you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett at 65, 6,400 at home versus Detroit. Another good spot here. Uh, just a ton of awesome spots on this slate. It's going to be very fun from a GPP perspective. Michael Pittman at 5,800 is interesting to me in the mid-range coming off of a 12-target game uh, there. I'm guessing he might provide some good leverage off of a uh, high Jonathan Taylor ownership as well. Um, Odell Beckham continues to play well in this Rams offense. He's had a game, a touchdown in literally every, uh, game since week 12, other than last week against Seattle. So he's been a consistent presence in the red zone and now gets this, you know, very leaky Baltimore secondary, same for Van Jefferson down here at 5,300. Um, you know, if I'm starting to look in the cheap range, um, some names that, you know, jump out to me, I already mentioned Gallup at, uh, 4,800. Let's see if we can find anything fun here in the cheap range. Um, Byron Pringle coming off of a two touchdown game. I mean, he's really emerged as the wide receiver two there behind Tyree kill. He's kind of dusted, uh, Michael Hardman and Demarcus Robinson in that regard. So he's interesting. Nico Collins had a touchdown, uh, this past week, of course, uh, Brandon cooks was out on the COVID list, but in garbage time mode against the San Francisco 49ers, that could be interesting. Uh, my guy, Chris Conley also had a touchdown in that game. Uh, how about Braxton Berrios? Um, you know, he continues to find ways to score, uh, here he had six targets and also found the end zone on that, uh, kickoff return touchdown. So showing the jets there, Braxton Berrios, 3,700, not the worst play in the world. Um, maybe if we continue to have these bucks players out, does anyone have the stomach to go back to Tyler Johnson? Uh, I played him and didn't love the results yesterday. Zero targets. Um, let's see what Scotty Miller had yesterday. Was Scotty Miller more involved? He only had one target. So yeah, Tom Brady just uh, was not spreading the ball around as much as we usually see. But I actually think I will have a stomach to go back to one of those guys if both Godwin and Evans are out. Godwin will be out, but uh, Evans, I think we have to wait and see with his hamstring. So as always, it's going to be a later in the week thing to see what wide receiver value opens up. We had a lot open up last week uh, due to COVID. So that will be something we have to monitor. Tight end is also juicy. I'm pretty excited about tight end. We have Mark Andrews, who has just been um, the hottest tight end in football. Look at these box scores. Basically three straight games with over 30 DraftKings points, 31.5, 38.6, 29.5. Basically with these backup quarterbacks, uh, they love Mark Andrews, both Tyler Huntley and Josh Johnson. Travis Kelsey, I assume, will be off the COVID list. He will be uh, an interesting guy to go back to. George Kittle continues to have strong games, although did have have that dud at Tennessee last week, but uh, he's definitely going to be in a great spot at home for San Francisco. Who knows if we ever get Darren Waller back? I'm not betting on it. Um, Kyle Pitts finally had a good game. He had been quiet there for a little while, scored 19.2 fantasy points, getting used kind of deep down the field, um, which is great for fantasy. Mid-tier is going to be solid too. Gesicki, Ertz, Goddard, Schultz coming off of a nice 80-yard and one touchdown game. The nine targets there are solid. So yeah, lots of nice stuff on the mid to upper end for tight end. And I did find a few cheapies for you if you guys are wanting to punt it off. Uh, Cole Komet, his role has been really solid of late. He had another uh, five-target game there, which again, 
it's not, you know, breaking the slate, but if you get a five for 49 from a $3,400 tight end, you're in good shape. And the week before even had the nine target game. So I kind of like Cole Komet's role. He's a nice kind of PPR option. I'll also talk in uh, O'Shaughnessy as well. He's been cheap and just continues to see a consistent level of targets, you know, just averaging five targets a game over these past four weeks, similar to the Cole Komet, you know, four for 49 at 3,200. You could do worse. I should also mention Brevin Jordan. Um, he continues to be uh, that similar type of play. You know, 2,800, four targets, seven targets, four targets. He had four for 56. He's paying off that price tag. And then if he happens to fall into the end zone, then you're really cooking. So I don't mind that. Those would be your cheapies. Let's see here at defense. Um See if we can find anything fun here. Uh, Ravens at home versus Stafford. I don't know if I want to mess with that. I could see Washington football team at home versus Hertz. That could certainly work out. Um, Not a lot of great cheap defenses jumping out to me right away. Happy to play the Giants versus whoever Chicago is trotting out at quarterback. Would be plenty fine using the Panthers versus whoever the Saints are rolling out at quarterback. Titans. Versus Tua at home, that seems like a good spot for them. Up on the high end, of course, we do have all of these huge favorites. So Buccaneers, Patriots, 49ers, and Bills. Bills actually look to be the cheapest of these when you just kind of factor in that they're, you know, two plus touchdown favorites and only 3,500 at home versus the Falcons. I kind of like that spot there. So that is the quick first look for week 17. Uh, as always, I appreciate you guys watching. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't. Um, I am not sure what my schedule will be uh, next week. I'm actually going to be traveling. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see if we're, we're doing a first look for week 18. But uh, always appreciate you guys watching. If you want to elevate your DFS play for these final weeks and for the playoffs, I highly recommend checking out Run the Sims. We run uh, 10,000 simulations on all these main slates, all these showdown slates. We can help identify, you know, the best plays, compare that to projected ownership and really get a leg up on the competition. You can get 10% off over there at Run the Sims with promo code Pete. And uh, also keep your eye out for a playoff package for all of those great showdowns and short slates that we have on tap here in January. Appreciate you guys. Hope you guys are having a great holiday season. We will see you next time.